Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. What's up? Hello. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Okay. So the week starts. I'm setting the stage. Mm-hmm, Sunny mm-hmm. and Nina are together. And Nina takes this time to have a serious moment and tells her Sunny that there are some things that are between her and Ava that he can't be a part of. Like, I love her after-school special <laughs> voice that she uses when she talks to him. Yes! I'm like, what? It was such a weird thing, because I'm like, how is this going to work, right? Because it's like, he won't let up on this private information. No, I wrote nosy Sunny. That was my only comment. <laughs> yeah, he he was being nosy. Mm-hmm. It's just such weird dynamics between, like, Nina and Sunny and Ava because at the end of the week we see that he's clearly team Ava and protective of her. It feels like she's like she's officially part of the family. Mm -hmm. So you know you have that you know Nina talking to him in that way and then Brooklyn shows up and I find Nina is doing like she's really playing into the like quirky awkward like character right now because when Brooklyn walked over she really did the whole nervous new girlfriend bit so well totally it was really good the way she was standing looking at Sunny like yeah we're together how do I manage this how do I navigate this like every every thought that was crossing her mind was completely displayed on her face I was thinking what do I do with my hands (laughs) oh my gosh and then like okay so you know Brooklyn always has an angle mm-hmm. and she went up to talk to them and she actually asked for a double date what did you think <laughs> i was like okay but okay look in all honesty like of course my initial thought is why would you subject yourself to this but let's not forget that brooklyn actually has a relationship with nina right like nina found out that you know brooklyn wasn't really bailey's uh, mother and participated in like that whole lie thing right so technically aside from it all Brooklyn has had a different relationship with Nina huh that's totally true and I absolutely forgot about it but I love how she talked about both of them like she's like he ain't a non-biological uncle and his second life partner second life out. partner <laughs> yes and she's like I've been called worse and I was like that was really well put Brooklyn but once again, it's just a little a little pebble, right? Because we've seen Nina mm-hmm. do this before. Like, oh, like what will Carly think? And immediately to Brooklyn, she's like, what will Michael say? Yes. Like, she brought it up, right? Instead of just being in the relationship and just taking the good as it comes, right? Because this mm-hmm. could have been an opportunity. She drags Michael or Carly into things. When other people just aren't, right? Like, Brooklyn's being a big girl. She has relationships with both those individuals, but yet she was extending to, like, Nina. Yes. And I don't, you know, oh, you know what? That's interesting. Because that's the thing with Nina. She can't handle that. Like, we talked about this, right? Like, her mentality, Mm -hmm. sometimes we say it could be, like, teenagerist. That for Nina, for her to feel good, it has to be one over the other. She will have to be picked over Carly. I don't think she could handle the fact that other people can have relationships with her and have relationships with them. Oh, 100%. That is exactly the attitude that she walks around with. Anyways, so, like, look, they, they settle that whole thing. Um... Chase doesn't really want Sonny's help. He really believes he's going to be a cop again. 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who's gonna tell him or break the news. <laughs> yeah, totally not what's happening. But right after that, oh, actually, before Brooklyn even showed up, mm-hmm. Nina hints that there's some kind of special day happening. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Mm. That there was like like something about the date, and then they got interrupted, and then Brooklyn flat out says it's the anniversary. It was so awkward, the anniversary of Nell's death, and she was very pointed at Nina about what Nell had done to her. Yes, holy cow! How did I forget that? Right, and so immediately after whatever this was. Mm-hmm. Nina and Sunny head to the party, to the party. That place looked so good, but it was so weird that he was in that scene. Like, it, I'm still getting used to them being a couple and seeing them in all these different environments, and it felt so weird. But I, it's supposed to, right? Because it is right? weird. And, mm-hmm. and like, this is the thing. They've been dancing around this, but here they are, right? Like, being a couple, testing out, can reality really live up to fantasy? Fantasy yes. they've created in their own mind so again this is once again where i noticed i'm like okay like they're really they're going all in with this the quirkiness the the comedic element like nina full-on awkward dancing as (laughs) as they as they walk in into the club i just did not expect the reception right because like nina is friends with curtis but Mm -hmm. sunny also has a relationship with curtis in my head like before things got really awkward, the only thing that crossed my mind was that, you know, in Sonny's Manic episode, there was an incident like at the club with like Drew yes. and Curtis. But frankly, I, I would never think that Curtis would like hold that against him, that he would understand that there was probably more going on. So it was, it was, I don't know, like part of me, while it might have been, like you said, weird to see, I actually did not anticipate it being difficult I didn't think it was going to be a difficult interaction but it really was like when Nina walked away mm-hmm. and Curtis was left with Sunny I was like what what is going on like Curtis walked away awkward and I was like oh, okay and then like Sunny like following him in the way that he did and Curtis mm-hmm. is standing there pouting like, I thought we were friends. You didn't do what I wanted. And I was like, am I actually seeing what I'm seeing? Like, what did you think? Well, I thought about you, honestly, in that moment. Because, you know, for a period of time, we did kind of rag on Curtis quite a bit in terms of who he was in his relationships and his character and his It was career. there. <laughs> it yeah. was all there yeah. in that moment. It, I kind of loved it, but it was also obviously very annoyed. But the happiness came from your words in previous podcasts. No, but like I got like this really funny picture. I don't think I posted it, but it's like a perfect picture of Curtis like doing the pout pout. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, I really enjoyed the Curtis that we rag on just kind of coming in full force in that moment. But something else, and I don't know if there's a deeper meaning to this, but like, hit, like Marshall jumps in, and this is not the first time they've suddenly pitted Marshall against Sonny and right? from the get-go Marshall has had strong feelings not about like I'm gonna quote Marshall here not <laughs> about Sonny per se but his type right like what does that mean exactly like maybe we'll actually get there because now that we understand that like Marshall is not like in the CIA he's not some undercover cop um so I think it's fair to say that he he's had these kinds of relationships. We just don't know how deep. And who the hell was he talking to in that room ages ago? 
on the cell phone privately that led us to believe that he was some kind of an agent. Well, that's exactly it. And hopefully that story will resurface and we'll get kind of closure on it. So you have like, I believe Sonny and Marshall combined something like warning Curtis about the whole like mob and his club. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, there is Miss Wu just (laughs) in all her glory. (laughs) Like she owns a gosh darn place. She does. And that's the thing. Like, like, Mm -hmm. like what did, like, I'm not sure what Curtis thought, right? Like, did you really (laughs) think that you had a close friendship with a mobster and that had Sunny did like, had Sunny fulfilled this like personal favor for you? Do you honestly think it would have been that? Like, that's it. That's all. Just a favor. And this is what I don't understand, because even when Sunny sits down with Miss Wu and mentions, talks about Chase, and she's like, oh, yeah. thank you for thinking of us. Yes, yes. He didn't, he didn't follow up on that. I don't think he missed it, but he didn't, like, poke at that. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> the, thing, and the thing with Marshall is, is that part of me kept thinking, if Marshall knew why Curtis was actually mad at Sunny, he might soften towards Sunny, because Sunny initially, like, it, Sunny basically was protecting Marshall's privacy. Exactly. And he responded to Curtis from like a human perspective, a father perspective, knowing Mm -hmm. that Curtis was just making bad choices. Um, But I remember that when Curtis got the club, Jason did go talk to Curtis about protection. Yes. I remember that too. So that's just why I think that like, whether Sonny did it or Miss Wu did it, the point is, you ask for a favor from somebody in the mob, and you would have paid the price. 100%. So at this party, okay, Jordan uh, comes <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, just double checks. Is it cool that I'm here, considering, like, I'm why she got arrested? Um, and I'm like, don't bring that up. Like, just don't bring that I up. I know. Like, you're just all hot. You're coming to the party. You were invited. Just chill and relax. But she can't chill and relax because she's all on full alert, right? Of paternity yes. stuff. And she's sitting there having that conversation with Taggart. And I mean, look, we know exactly where this story was going, but I feel like the moment you and I realized it would kind of tarnish Trina being this legacy character, because yes. it was very cool having like Cameron being one, you know, from Elizabeth and having Joss from like Carly and then having like Trina as Taggart's daughter. It was just this powerful young friendship right including Spencer and Mm -hmm. so that was the one thing that made me not keen on this (sighs) me too I totally agree and I still somewhat feel that way but we know that how things work in GH is like you can be embraced into a family you can be a quarter mean without really being a quarter mean you're just kind of like in that circle of people so I'm hoping that you know Trina still gets that whole treatment as well I think so. Somebody should tell Mac that, that people just welcome other people into families and (laughs) the more the merrier. But like, I I agree. Like the whole point is Trina has been on the show for a long time. We know like it's, it's really been cemented, you know, who her father is and what her connection to the, to the city is. And and she is much older, right? So that's the point. He's fathered her entire life. So he's not going to be this person she forgets. So there is that too. And that's what I hold on to, but man, to have these conversations, like, I don't know where she gets this from. And then there's Jordan being like, I think I know. And she's like staring straight at like Curtis. Okay, this whole thing made me laugh between the conversation with TJ and, you know, that whole DNA, the talking to yes, Trina I about love her that. DNA. I love that they didn't forget. 
I totally agree. I wanted them to kind of like pull that all together. And what I found was also interesting in those scenes is, did you notice what you mentioned Jordan's outfit? What did you uh-huh. think of it in comparison to Portia's? Because I had a very obvious observation, but I'm, you know, I want to see what you think. Oh, I think I know. I think it's because Jordan is wearing a light color that can look like a wedding dress and Portia's dressed like in red. Yes. I was like, look at this angelic, very flowy, very peaceful. You know, she's gone through all of her drama before. Like, her secrets are out there. She has gone past them. She's just trying to live this easy, simple life, connecting with her family. But yet she's in a position right now where she's holding some really important information. And you have Portia that's kind of spinning out of control between what was going to go down with Oz, the way she treated Trina with this whole party situation and not kind of taking in the Portia that we know that if Trina's hurt over Ava, we usually get really good advice from Portia and that calm, that like that really lovely mothering nature. And she's just really like all chaos right now. And that red dress just like completely symbolized, you know, the making oh, bad decisions, right. the devilishness, the the tornado of a mess that's going on in her brain. I love the analysis because I think it's so spot on in reflection to like the story and Portia's like state. Um, even better was when Stella came back. <laughs> and do you know what also came back? Her memory. Her oh, memory oh, came right. back. <laughs> and so she has all these flashbacks and I have to give it to her. So she's like, so, so we see the flashbacks. We're like, okay, so she knows. And so I was like, huh, so I did that. Okay, uh, so, so do, you, do you need proof? You, sh- <laughs> you should get proof of the divorce. And I'm just thinking, okay, so she's not fessing up to her role in this. But, like, I wonder, push come to shove, like, are the, is he going to get mad at Jordan? Because, like, I mean, like, I, I was just wondering, like, will something happen where... Stella would let Jordan take the fall for this. But then when I saw like the interaction of like between Curtis and Jordan, when he walks up to her and it's like, you know what? I haven't really received any kind of like confirmation or documentation that says we're divorced. I, when he asked her, she was a bit like blah about it. Like, I don't know. But then she had a really good um, point, which was she was in a hospital for months recovering. So like, she wouldn't know if she got the papers. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Right. But, but do you think on any level Curtis would blame Jordan? Well, I think there needs to be this added layer of drama. And we saw how Curtis reacted to Sunny very, not very logical. So, Mm -hmm. yes, there's a part of me that believes that he can just make this a little chaotic himself. Okay, so, like, talking about, like, Curtis and the Sunny thing. um, So, like, you know how, like, they were getting, like, like, upset? When Nina came for, honestly, you know, like, how you would assume somebody came to get him? Mm-hmm. Because to save him from the awkward situation. But it was actually hard for me to tell if she acknowledged it was awkward. Oh, yeah. I feel like she's still in, like, La La Land. <laughs> and she was, right? Like, that was the vibe. But what made me mm. laugh even more was she was like, can I steal you away for a second? Like, you stole him for nine months. I think there's nothing, like, what's a few, what's a few seconds? Like, what's a few seconds at this point? Now you're asking permission? But anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not. That's amazing. <laughs> Okay, so Trina, right? It is her party. Uh, we Ooh. need to talk about her experience at the party. And honestly, she has a very patient 
companion okay yeah because like rory is her boyfriend and spencer walks in and you could see the tension you could see the reaction there are there are emotions i don't know Mm -hmm. if rory is admitting that there are feelings but at the very least we see emotions so and she's determined like it bugged me right because portia immediately goes to see her like Mm -hmm. what do you need blah 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 like she was uh, anyways like we already talked about it like she's just on another level right now but how did how did you react or feel in all of those trina spencer scenes okay i'm just gonna start this with i love rory and what he symbolizes you know just that he has his life on track the simplicity he pays attention to her. Like he is yeah. the ultimate good guy that I go for in all the movies that I go for in life. But that magic and that I know. Those sparks when Trina and Spence are literally just looking at each other. Like I can't even handle it. <laughs> it was so good. And when they were talking and the whole, like, we're not friends. And he was just like, Whoa. Okay. Like having to process the reality mm-hmm. of this, like the, Processing the cost. Yes. He loves this person and it, it's over. So, I mean, like, it was intense and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I thought it was over. Okay. Thought it was mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved how the letter was dropped and how it came up and the way that they stared at each other and raced for it because it's so clear in that moment that as much as, like, Trina, and I think on some level, she's made some peace with things, but it's clear she's searching for answers. And you Mm -hmm. literally stood there and you put your boundaries up and they were good ones. And you said what you had to say, but at the opportunity that there could have been something more, a reason to undo everything you just said and let it back into your life, she grabs it. Oh, I was like, oh my God, because you said, I think it was last week or the week before, wouldn't it be amazing if this went down? there in this way yeah how they met so I had yes. goosebumps the whole time yes and like one of the points that caught me the most was when he was trying to get the letter back you know like he yes. ended up getting into this good like flow where he just sort of said some stuff that would make sense as to what was actually in the letter and mm. when he says it doesn't belong to you I was like what do you mean and she's like my name is on it but the fact that he said it was addressed to my friend and you are no longer my friend and I was yeah. like oh my gosh like that part was really amazing and then Rory interrupts and it's just like dude you are I mean I have to think that at this <laughs> point in time Rory is like you know what pick your battles he's going to jail tomorrow so right <laughs> let's just Let's just get through tonight. Let's get through tomorrow. And I love that Trina gave Spencer that whole possession is nine-tenths of the law. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, okay. I love this. I love this. A little bit taggered in there. I love it. I love it. And so um, I will say this, okay? So just talking about Spencer, I just sort of wished that he was just slightly more gracious with Rory the following day. I know, me too. Because he's going to lose. <laughs> exactly. But but Spencer doesn't feel that way. He feels extremely defeated, and we can understand why. You know, like, yeah. the girl that he did all this for, that he loved so much and was trying to protect, is with somebody else. His father slept with Esme. Mm-hmm. And none of his friends showed up. And I, oh, I, that as was much, heartbreaking. Like, as much as I feel that he was 
he wants Trina there, I think he understood that that might not be the case after the night before, which is why he was so grumpy. But it yes. did hurt, you know, like, like, come on, guys, like between Dawson and Cam, like, now you know the truth. Like, what what's stopping you from being the friend you guys are supposed to be to each other? Yeah, that was really depressing. Like, I really thought more people would be there for him. Like, I feel that if Ava wasn't in the hospital, she would have been there. I would like to think that, you know, like, no, like, no Kevin. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another person. Sunny, Sunny. That's who it was. Yeah. Like, Sunny wasn't even there. I mean, like, Victor showed up. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I really felt for him there. So Trina had her party. Her mom's happy about that. And so she gets to go see Ava the next day. And man, was that a funny scene. It was Trina outside the, <laughs> the room and watching Nicholas be declined. And the bodyguard could not have done a better job <laughs> delivering his lines and rubbing things into Nicholas's faces. When, when she was like, okay, well, I guess we'll get a coffee. He's like, no, 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 you, she's expecting you. I loved it so much. Like, go right in. She loves you. <laughs> like, legit, he said, like, that's basically exactly what happened, the tone and everything. And so I love that. And it's just funny because, like, when I was watching um, Trina and Ava, I mean, look, I was in love with those scenes. I thought they were beautiful, the communication, the relationship. There was so much there. And yes. I kept, like, you know, not to always go back to Carly and Joss, but mm-hmm. they have a beautiful mother-daughter relationship, but it reminded me of that. But then I found it even more poignant because you made a point of saying earlier that, like, normally Portia is, like, she does have those kinds of talks with, um, with Trina. Mm-hmm. But no, right? Ava kind of, you know, w- had the moment with Trina. She really did when they, you know? when she decided to tell her about Spencer. And, you know, Trina says something about, like, I can't believe he still liked me. She's like, anybody with half a brain and working eyes would feel the same. I was like, that's such a lovely mom thing to say. And she was just so great in the way that she presented the information. Like, she wasn't betraying Spencer. She just said, like, I think that you should know. Like, she's truly on Spencer and Trina's side. It was lovely. No, she she didn't. And that's the thing, right? Like, because we watched the kids, like, debate this, right? We watched them deal (laughs) with this dilemma. And then Ava, so nonchalantly, so casual, is like, look, you need to know the truth. Like, she just jumped right (laughs) in it. Like, there there was no, like, hesitation. So I actually love that when you compare it to, like, the drama that the kids added around the whole thing. And... This is sort of going to be the, um, I don't really know the right way to say this, but like the dividing factor between like Portia and Ava is that we know how Portia feels about Spencer, justifiably so, given what she's seen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Ava is no fan, but Ava is still able to see Spencer for what he is, but also like he, she could see clearer and clearly, right? She could see the good and the mm-hmm. bad. Yes, of Spencer. Absolutely. So think about how meaningful that will feel to Trina, right? She knows how Ava feels about Spencer. She knows that Ava is protective of her, mm-hmm. but she still said this, right? Because Trina comes first and she just gave her the truth for her to deal with. And the weight that carries, you know, when she says he's not my favorite person, but like, I know he genuinely cares about you. So think about that. Ava and Portia are both not fans of Spencer, but look at how they choose to handle him and handle the reality that they can see what he means to Trina. 
it's so interesting because Ava's put into such a unique situation right now. You know, we talked about her potential growth in a relationship with Willow and what that could look like. And now we have this big secret as well on Trina's side where, you know, that relationship with Portia and Trina is going to go through a really hard time before it gets better when she finds out that her mom lied all exactly. the time and bringing her closer against Ava and Ava being that rock for potentially both of these women. And speaking of like, like those like developing significant relationships you talked about Willow you talked about Trina the thing is like I imagine there to be something about Joss and Ava because they're like the fact that they look again we know that like that you know Joss comes to save Ava but I don't think it was solely a catalyst for the whole Joss and Dex storyline and you said that you believe Mm -hmm. that there is something more there that really is about like you know, Joss and Ava, there's a complicated family relationship there. And this might be the thing that softens it. And you see like, like Joss kind of see the human side of Ava, you know, when she talks about her experience with Ava, she's like, she didn't want me to leave her. Mm -hmm. Like she was afraid, but we haven't had their moment yet. And I think that in addition to those two other female friendships, I think, I think Ava might develop one with Joss. I think so too, and I kind of hope so. And even as the story with Trina moves along, like, let's say, like, I'm just putting it out there. Like, what if when Trina finds out the news, she moves out of her house and she moves in with Ava? And that's where Joss has to visit her. And that's where they have to hang out. Huh. And, like, Ava has demonstrated that she's protective of Joss because of Avery. Yes. Um, Like, at the courthouse. And at Trina's, like Ava looked at Joss and was like, I agree with your friend. Like, as in they they probably honestly, Joss and Ava probably see eye to eye more than like, let's say Trina, Ava, see the world and things a lot more similarly. So now that Trina has all this information about Spencer, she is just wanting Ava so badly to tell her what to do. And she's like, you know, only you can make that decision, which another thing I absolutely love. And when she I don't know how close the hospital and the station is, but it looked like super close. Yeah. <laughs> And she ran, and I'm like, dude, your boyfriend works there. <laughs> I know, right? So at first, like, and I'm wondering how she's going to handle this, but she's been very transparent, like, about everything. Like, she never, <laughs> oh, that's a difference between her and Jaws. Trina oh, never right. acts like she's doing everything wrong, but Joss constantly has, I've done something wrong face on, like, constantly. <laughs> and so, like. Like, at first, I didn't know what to think. You know, like, Trina runs in, can't find him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, at least Rory's not there. Then she turns around and sees Rory. And she doesn't hide anything. She's like, it's too late, isn't it? Like, she <laughs> she keeps she keeps the intensity. And I, Rory can't say or do anything because he's like, she's being freaking transparent about it. <laughs> and he doesn't have the heart to be upset because she seems devastated. And I even said to Spencer, like, I feel like things are unfinished. Yeah. Oh, I was like... <laughs> Uh, like, I think Spencer's going to get a prison visit. <laughs> Do you think he'll get many? Do you think he's going to be there for three months? Mel, tell give me, oh my God, give me the answers. Give me the answers. <laughs> got to tell You me. know, nobody in Port Charles has actually done their full sentence. And if he has to do it, that would make me so sad because people have done far worse than what he has done. So I, I'm dying because like I think I saw somebody comment on our picture today. Okay, th- this made me laugh so much. Okay, so this is this was on our Instagram page. It says I still can't see why he's even in prison. It's not like he committed murder. <laughs> this is from <laughs> Crystal eighteen, and I died. 
I died. It's like the funniest thing. But yeah, people are just like, this is so stupid. Like he went right back. He only left for a minute, guys. Right, exactly. And the thing is, okay, so Rory got in library duty. So I'm thinking like he'll get off early for like, what, good behavior? Hopefully, but he like didn't even want Rory's help. I was like, just take it. Take it, Spencer. So on to guilty face, right? So we talked about like, (laughs) so with Joss. So this girl, this girl does the dumpster diving, the old foot stuck in trash routine. (laughs) Grab a hot guy, pull him on top of your routine. (laughs) Exactly. Followed by a stumble and then an awkward Mm -hmm. like, oh, crap. I didn't know there was chemistry. And then she's like, space, space, space. And then she instantly finds a necklace, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, you found it so fast. Like, was it in your pocket the whole time? But anyways. Um, <laughs> so, and then when she gets out, I love how she tells uh, Dex, do you look for opportunities to take your shirt off during the day? Yes, that was one of my favorite lines. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved a shirtless Dex. I don't know how old he is, and I'm sorry if you're very young. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if this is inappropriate, as opposed to the other things I say. So, um, <laughs> so the thing is, they're supposed to like meet immediately, like at the party, right? But yes. Joss is like, and again, we don't know where all these things are situated. But she has time to like go to a dumpster, get super dirty, and apparently, if she were wearing layers like Dex, she would have been good to go. <laughs> and then she goes all the way home. To like shower off the dirt and change. And she looked fantastic when she went to go meet Cameron. And then she tells him what an awesome sister she is. Like, I couldn't even because I was dying because Cam's like, Did you change your entire outfit? He said something like, I'm a little bit stupid, but you change your entire outfit, right? <laughs> but not in Cam's defense. I'm like, She wasn't dressed for the party to begin with. Of course, she changed her whole outfit. Right. But I just liked the play on the fact yeah. it was more like, do you think I'm stupid? I know something's I know. up. Like, oh yeah, you went to go do this whole bracelet mission. So I just love the way they played that with his line. So this, okay. And it's like, this is what I find interesting about this little uh, love triangle is that Cam knows, like he's not stupid. Like exactly like how you said, he teases her about it, right? Yep. He, he puts her on the spot. And then, like, and then, like, so they have their scenes together at the bar where, again, just, she just constant guilt face, constant guilt face. But then Cam jumps on stage. Damn, this boy. And I'm like, and I'm like, you are no, he's no good. Go- <laughs> I can't even start. Yeah, it's like, a lot. I know, it's overwhelming. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try again. He's no good boy or second choice. And I think that really, really adds to the story. And I just feel, one, he's a new act for Brooklyn. But that was amazing, Tibby. I'm like, I, I, I have a feeling it actually might go how I said, really flippantly, that if she wants to leave, he'll be like, go. Like, this is really interesting. Like, I don't know if she's going to get much of, like, pushback or a fight. Like, because I really feel that Cameron is comfortable with who he is. Yes, and you know what? Just to jump a little bit to a different scene that really shows who he is and that he is very mature. When he was talking to Spencer, he was convincing him to give the letter to Trina because he's like, I saw what that did to my mom. Suppressing your feelings leads to trouble. Like, he's very mature for his age. Yeah, exactly. I, like, it. Joss and Cam have lived very different lives, okay? They both have gone through a lot. But like you pointed out, I feel like a lot of it has matured Cam in a way that's different from Joss. It's not to say that she's Mm -hmm. immature, but 
in a way, right? You know, like she has so many people that has her back and so many layers of protection. Whereas like for him, it's like his mom and him, you know, yes. like if something goes bad, he has to work and he has to take care of his siblings. While Joss has had traumatic things happen to her, she doesn't really have that life. You know, she's a, like, it's a little more cushy. Oh, absolutely. She doesn't have that level of responsibility. And I no. agree that if she wants to go, he's like, okay, that's fine. If you need to come back at some point, we'll see. But like, how, bye. <laughs> you know what? It takes me back to when he liked her and she was trying to use him to make Oscar jealous yes and he always was of that way right that inner anger that like fine whatever kind of a thing hmm. that's true huh. huh we're so good at this <laughs> so what did you think about like the fact that robert was lingering around peter's grave and it turns out it's just because it makes him feel better and that's just where he wanted to meet anna he is funny as hell. Like, there's graffiti. The, the bench is knocked down. She's like, did you do this? He's like, no, I just come here to feel better. Like, that whole banter. <laughs> he's just amazing. Like, no, he's got such chemistry just on his own, much less with a woman in the scene. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought like, it was great. I love him. Why did you think they showed Peter's grave? <sighs> you know, there's a couple of things that came to mind. You know, one of them is that her judgment can be clouded when it comes to people that she loves. And that being in that space and staring, air quotes, Peter down will hopefully help her make better decisions when she's taking down Victor. Oh, wow. That's, like, so good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Because I was thinking something much dumber. I, I was Tell like, me. all the villains are dead. Because they were just, you know, between his and Nell's this week. <laughs> I don't that's just like really not as uh well thought out as yours one thing that struck me in their conversation is that they started talking about Emma and how fast she's grown and yeah. then it like smacked me right in the face hole I was like at some <laughs> point are they gonna bring Emma back to be a Robin to Joss's Carly or to Carly's jaw I don't know but that whole vibe <gasps> remember, huh. remember like remember when they were like little and like yes. And Emma was with Cam. <gasps> Emma was with Cam. Oh my god! I got oh my gosh! Emma's coming back for Cam, and Joss wanted Cam, and Cam was dating her, and she felt like Emma was just like little goody goody. Oh my god! And Emma's in college, and Cam is in college. Damn. Oh, I'm excited! I'm just so excited. In short, Robert and Anna have a deal robert's gonna help her somehow to like in the end valentine will save himself the end yep. <laughs> <laughs> i have to say this i feel for valentine right because he has that whole like din that whole dinner with alexis yeah and you know <laughs> people bring up charlotte you know like anna brought up charlotte to him and i feel like he's clear with his answers um and same with like alexis and i feel like I feel like Valentine's like, oh, no one's as smart as me. Like, I wish the people I loved and loved me weren't so dumb. Because we all know that if this were, if the roles were reversed, it would take one second for Vic, for Valentine to know that something was wrong and exactly what was wrong. Oh, and what 100%. to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so basically Valentine's stuck in his situation for just a little while longer. I loved his line, though, in that dinner when he was about to go sit down. 
He said to her, headline is a real balancing act between it has to be vivid enough to attract the eyeball, which I love that he said eyeball, but responsible <laughs> enough to not play to the dredge of humanity. I was like, wow, that's a mouthful. And I just love the way he laid it out. I know, but it's like fitting for Valentine, Right? To say. Okay. So speaking of like that statement Valentine made, I mean, that's sort of my sentiment with Sasha. I don't like, look, it's hard to watch Sasha's choices. Mm-hmm. And watching her act out but it really is gross that every time we see her freaking out that you have these people that just feel entitled to her and record her so that part like that part was hard to watch it was hard to watch and I found it really interesting because you know we are of an older generation and those things have not always been around but it's kind of true to life much less When you're a public figure. So yes, it was very hard to see, very hard to watch and uh, watch another breakdown. But I was really, really happy that Brando walked in the door at the tail end to just kind of catch her and for her to realize that, yes, it is indeed time for her to seek help. I really hope she means it and I hope this is it. But I do wonder in terms of the conservatorship if, because like Brando keeps expressing his concerns about it being him. And I kind of wonder if this is where Gladys comes in. Oh, damn. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> to, to lighten up a very dark story. But I don't know, right? Because it could very well be Brando. I do like how they could work in some comedic elements, though. Well, with Gladys, I, I find, yeah. you know, she's perfect for that kind of a thing. Interesting. Okay, we'll see how that plays out. Okay, so, Maxie and Felicia get to talking. And basically, basically, they cut to the chase. They cut to the chase. And Felicia just blurts, blurts out that she thinks Mac is Cody's dad. Okay, in terms of soap opera timelines, I was shocked at how quickly that happened. Me too. Me too. Not only the fact that, like, it came out in that way, but then Mac comes in <laughs> Maxie just <laughs> throws the news at him and realizes that they haven't spoken and even earlier I wish it went a little bit further because you know like Mac is like serious but we also know him to be like the sweetest right he raised like Robin Maxie and like Georgie so I kind of wanted a little bit more between him and Brit because Brit was on to him mm-hmm. you know what I mean <laughs> she's like why are you asking and 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 then but he kind of left like as soon as she was getting a little cheeky he kind of left but we talk about Valentine figuring out things pretty fast but like Brit also figured out the whole Cody situation pretty fast too when Maxie came in and she was reacting so strongly about Cody's perception of Mac. Yeah, so I wonder what that is going to mean to Brit now because I mean her and Maxie are so close. I know. How is this gonna work? Yeah, because it's not just that. Maxie actually is warning her away from Cody. Right? Okay, so this guy, it made me laugh. So this is one of my fave lines. Every time a new stranger comes to town, they (laughs) they get accused of murder. And I was like, what? And I liked how they go back and forth, Cody and Britt, because Britt is very silly, right? She's very, like, you know, like, I like her. She's How how do you describe Britt? Like, she speaks freely. she's She's silly. Yeah. And she's light in a dark way because she's had a difficult life and she's overcome. So she can make fun of situations like that and not take it to heart. And I loved how he kind of mimicked her tone too. So I thought that was super funny. But honestly, another person I find she has a lot of chemistry with is Austin. They also have that kind of 
fun vibe. They do. It's kind of messed up because I forgot about that. The last time we saw that chemistry, I think it was like on the Haunted Star that she had mentioned. Yeah. And then I had like a flashback videographic type situation. And then them again, just kind of talking like they are really good together. Like they have they get each more other. chemistry. Exactly. Right. Yeah. They get each other. And I kind of forgot about the fact that like Brit had already met Mason before and that Austin lied because of all people like she can understand that kind of family but the guy alluded to the boss being a woman and again like I don't know if it's just like a simple conclusion but is Miss Wu somehow behind all of this well that's what I was wondering and then remember we talked about the idea of like another woman potentially oh yeah being involved yeah so my mind kind of went there like trying to take over in some way okay yeah like we're gonna see what that whole thing is Holly no Jennifer? No. Jennifer. But she's in jail. But Jennifer. I could see her being a little bit of like a wackadoo. Being like, you're going to go to that family and then come back home to the country. Like, I could see it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I look forward to find out what the deal is. Because it's just so sketch. Like, how many scenes are we going to get with Mason threatening him and zero information about Austin? I know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like. It's kind of like. I hate to say it, but like the Marshall mystery, like I really didn't care after a while. It's like, okay, this is your third visit. I don't care anymore. You want him to go home. You miss him. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how you see it. He just misses you, man. Okay. Like you just (laughs) shut him up. No, but I I just want to know, like, it's, I'm just dying to know what the answer is ultimately. Eventually I'll get excited about it. Okay, cool. Cool. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. Um, Okay. Okay. Speaking of excited. Um, I get scared when people are this excited because they're making a whole to-do <laughs> about Dante and Sam living together. Um, first off, okay, uh, mm-hmm, did mm-hmm. you know that Sonny lived across the hall? That it really is his old spot? No! I, ma- I, like, I made such a huge note because I was like, what? He lives across the hall? Like, even without Dante living there, it's weird. Yeah, just because it's like, okay, a, a few things as to why it's weird. When he first moved in, he kind of alluded uh-huh. my old place. And we're like, oh, it, is it? Like, could it? Because it looks slightly different. And mm-hmm. and we all know that penthouse. But also we've seen scenes outside of the penthouse. Right? So that's also why, because it's not how it looked. You know, back in the day when Sonny lived there and Jason lived there, um, all the whole visual was very different. So I think I was very... very surprised by that detail um anyway so like there's a lot of celebrating there which ultimately feels like a countdown to disaster and I did put out that question like what do you think's gonna happen and I think like like everybody else most people feel that you know Lulu has to be coming back at this point like they keep saying her name like Mm -hmm. I thought I thought the whole thing about Dante moving into Sam's was they were trying to leave a house available for Lulu when she gets back (laughs) but he's gonna might sell the house (laughs) i know right and a few things happen in those scenes one like sunny coming to like spinelli's defense yes that was awesome with cody um another big thing was Mm -hmm. remember like at the picnic Sonny was like, Dante is, is happy for me or like excited (laughs) for me he used he used a word that felt like an exaggeration oh yeah and then then Sunny kind of talks about like Nina's gonna be around a lot. 
And Dante laughed. Like not not a like hee hee, like a maniacal, like sarcastic, like just it was a different it was like not a awesome laugh. Between his laugh and Sam's expression, they were everything in that scene. You know what I mean? Like they're not excited for you or happy. They're just sort of like tolerating it. You know what I mean? They're being respectful that like we're adults, you made that choice, and, like, we're going to just live with it, right? We're not going to take that on. But then Sam swung back with, are you going to be cool? Because, like, Carly's going to be coming around. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, solidifying your friendship here, huh? So I thought that was all interesting. So, I mean, look, I, like, I'm super nervous about this whole Sam and Dante stitch. I oh, Yeah, I, but I do enjoy them together. She is, a, they're both very lucky to get to make out with each other. Like, I'm just hoping this lasts a little <laughs> bit longer. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Like, I, I think that they can survive Lulu's return. <gasps> That's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was all like, I think they could survive it. But I don't know who said it. But someone said, what if Lulu doesn't remember Dustin and only remembers being married to Dante? Oh, for F's sake. <laughs> because, because that happened with Laura once. She came back and, like, Luke was supposed to be married to Tracy. And everybody, for some reason, was like, oh, Laura's so delicate. So they all pretended that her and Luke were together. <laughs> so, like, again, I don't know. Because from the way the story is going, it's like, Lulu literally was in love with somebody else. They were not together. I mean, again, like, they everything was unfinished because I think she was – remember when she oh, – that's true. Right before she, like, fell into a coma, she was trying to say, I love you. Yep, I remember that. Oh, and he doesn't know that. Nope. He doesn't know that. Nope. <gasps> oh, that's a problem. We're gonna okay, so we're gonna see what we're gonna see. We're gonna see circle soon. back to that if she we're gonna, around. We're gonna circle it back. But what is a problem, maybe less of a problem, but like scary, was Willow's dream. Like, okay. Damn. That was a hell of a dream, but all I <laughs> because when dark things happen, my brain goes, Okay, how do we make this funny? And I'm like, talk about a connection. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, do do you think the dream was simply, like, the anniversary and just, like, that's all that it was, right? Just a bad dream about Nell? Or do you think there's any meaning to to how it was done? Like, Michael and Carly dead on the floor. Do you think that there was any meaning there? Well, look, I think that there's, for the purpose of the anniversary, it was incredibly well done. I also think obviously it was important for Willow to have that dream because of the twin connection. And there is going okay. to be some strife when she finds out about what Carly hid from her. So that will create distance. We don't know what side Michael will lay his head because obviously he has issues with Nina. Is he going to be yeah. okay with Willow developing that relationship? So I found it was incredibly symbolic in terms of like distancing relationships connections through willow it was really wild it was incredibly well done (laughs) okay just a couple of like i this might suit you the whole like making a joke out of everything so look i'm glad willow shared that dream you know she doesn't share everything with everybody but she told them exactly what she dreamt i'm gonna say dream five more times before i move on and and then she leaves she goes upstairs she gets dressed she grabs a purse 
And she's like, I'm going to go get some air. And I'm just wondering, like, on what planet does that happen in your relationship that you're like, I'm just going to pop out to get some air at night with my purse. Get your step. Um, um, never, but I like yeah. I once pop out to get some French fries. <laughs> but I was just laughing. I'm like, does she think this is going to be easy? I mean, Carly's correct, right? She needed some air and space. And she could have just said, like, I need to go for a drive. But she didn't. And I'm like, yeah, real couples don't like like that well, that wouldn't work like if Johnny was like no. I'm just gonna pop out and get some air and I'm like with what horn like with what powers <laughs> like, like that would be my reaction like anyways I'm, I'm a healthy individual um so then so and, and then Michael became super accurate about his prediction he's like I think Willow's gonna go to Nell's grave and I think when she gets there she's gonna bump into Nina and then I think that's like so he was like, he was tapping into some Felicia where he wanted to walk us through it all. Right. <laughs> okay. And so um, they created a situation where Michael couldn't go and Carly was left to go protect Willow. So, okay, Mel, like, what did you think? First of all, it was phenomenal seeing Nell in Willow's dream. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's because like... um there was like an article or something where the actress playing Nell said that when she went back to do it, it's like it had been so long that she had to watch videos to remember like how did she used to talk, like all of Nell's mannerisms. So it was so cool to watch her because like, I mean, she slid right back in. And as much as I was like, Nell drove me crazy. And I'm like, I want her out of here. Like just seeing her again made me remember like how epic of a villain she was, right? She's all the things that Nina is not where she embraces exactly who she is. <laughs> it was so beautifully acted how they wrote it like the fact that Nell is legit Nell in Nina's in... mind and she's still bubble wrapping her <laughs> but that's what made me laugh I'm like your own imagination called you out and you're yeah. like no I'm gonna stick to my guns and I'm just gonna start a fight with Willow about all of this despite what just manifested in my mind hole and I just felt like they portrayed that beautifully. Like, I can't even tell you how spectacular that was. Like, for all the conversation we have been having about yes. Nell, about Nina, about the comparison, and feeling crazy, right? Like, we're watching this woman talk about <laughs> Nell in that way. And she has made, like, honestly, I have felt crazy. She has made us as an audience feel like so nuts about all of this and then feeling somewhat vindicated because I'm like, cause Nell's been dead for a while. Right. Yes. And so to have Nell rise from the ashes and validate all the things <laughs> that we have been talking about was just amazing. So I thought it was so well done. Here is Nell in full form as we, as an audience, remember her. So that's like beautiful for us, right? It's authentic. It's real. This is exactly how we remember it. And it's plastered on the scene. It was just so like, like, you know what I mean? Like out of space and time, like here is like, she's dead, but here is Nell exactly who she is. And here is Nina embodying exactly what she's been doing all this time. And now let's have them go face to face. Like it was epic. It was amazing. There were so many great parts. Like when Nell said, I'm literally living right in your head. When she talked about, you know, what Nina did with Sunny and she's like, you were doing the Lord's work at Nixon Falls. When she talked yes. about what they could do together to wreak havoc on their lives. It was just one thing after another as to what she was saying and what she wanted to do and her intentions, you know, everything everybody's been saying about Nell. But Nell's version is, you couldn't make me better, but you could have joined me on this mission because you're technically continuing my mission. Like, 
the thing is, they actually, there was a point where I, I actually wrote, that's your point, Mel. So like, there was a, some, there was something that happened. Um, I think Nina goes to her just because we suffered, it doesn't absolve us, which yes. was hilarious because that's literally what Nina is doing. And then they kept going in that same like conversation. And it's exactly what you said, because you had argued um, that Nina did have the opportunity to be her mother. Yes. She worked for her, right? Because she keeps talking about what a saint she was and how different she could have been. But you treated Nell no different, right? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and so she was right in front of you. You actually did have the chance to interact with her. And it was what it was. And it was interesting to have, like, Nell shove that in her face and there was there was other things too like when Nell says you don't see that we are the same you didn't see that I was your daughter and I was right in front of you and I yes. thought all of that was so meaningful because I see that reflected in Nina and Obrecht's relationship okay like mm -hmm. Nina always is like oh my aunt she does crazy things like if you think back to like when Obrecht had kidnapped Peter and Nina kind of knew and she was sort of involved and she sort of participated but she's certainly not as evil as Obrecht mm -hmm. and think about those conversations she has with Obrecht where Obrecht is like yeah okay you're so sunny own it she's like no 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 it's not like that and she still tries to play this sort of other side whereas Obrecht embraces who she is and is not judging Nina, but she refuses to see those parts in herself. Do you understand? And so I find like exactly what Nell was, that's exactly what we've been seeing. And Nell is right that she doesn't see that they're the same, the same way she doesn't see that there's, she's a lot alike, even with Obrecht. She has an idea of who she is. Oh, 100%. This whole invisible world, not invisible, this whole imaginary world that she creates for herself it's the same that she's reflecting on herself. Like she wants to be a certain way, but she does not know how to actually do that. Like the perfect example is when um, Nell was talking about Wiley and something about like, oh, Wiley's not even going to remember what happened when he was a baby. And Nina says, defending Wiley, he's old enough to understand what's going on. So she's defending some Wiley from somebody like Nell his mother in saying that you cannot do bad things in front of him. You cannot do bad things around him because he's old enough to get it. But yet Nina is so hell bent on just expressing how much Nell is this, like could have been this glorious person. I know and that will is not his mother. Like it was so interesting to watch Nina break down certain parts of it in her La La Land world. It's just like even being confronted with all of that in her own mind, none of it moved the needle and mm -hmm. it's just incredible. And I feel like they're really cementing Nina's perspective and how twisted it is. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm -hmm. here we are just making obvious, like it's been subtle and it's been so subtle and we've picked up on it, but subtle to the point where I started to feel crazy. Like, is no <laughs> one seeing this? You know what I mean? And then we started to feel better when she was called out. And then you have like other characters were pointing out things like how she doesn't take accountability. We're slowly pointing it out. And it was making me feel like, okay, so like you see it too. And I find like, here they are like, like in plain black and white, like you are trying to encourage Nell to be this better person or to do all these things that you yourself are not doing. Like you are more in, like your actions are more in line with Nell than distinct mm -hmm. from Nell's. Oh, yes. And all the blaming, like when she was like, why focus on your mistakes when you could blame Madeline? And she does. She blames everyone else. So I, I just can't express how 
fantastic that was like to have someone come back from the dead man was that freaking worth it and it honestly it makes you crave like it makes you crave what it would have been like if Nell just came back from the dead I know a part of me felt that way too because what would have been phenomenal is like what would be kind of cool is that we actually had the time where everyone, you know, where Nell is dead in air quotes. Mm -hmm. And we got to see like, like um, Nina act like she could have been something different. And it would have been even funnier to watch like Nell come back and not prove Nina's point. <laughs> Who knows if in the future that can ever really be a possibility, but whether it is or it isn't, that moment in time that we were given and those scenes were just incredible. And when Carly shows up, like, this is the part I cannot wrap my head around. Why is Carly, like, in Nell's eyes and in Nina's eyes, why is she responsible for her adoptive father's actions? He was, like, barely in her life. Yeah, it blows me away. I still don't understand how it's Carly's fault, why she's always tied to this person. It's incredibly messed up. And so, like, what does that mean? Like, so is Nina responsible for Nell's actions? She, she, doesn't, she doesn't even want to be responsible for her own. But yet, like, <laughs> that part, like, just drives me up the wall. But, like, I didn't feel bad when Carly twists the knife that, like, everybody's glad she's dead, basically. I know. Like, that was, that was great. I mean, Willow was great in the scene, too. Just, like, coming into it calm. And she did not want to fight. She just wanted to, like, get through this. And Nina just went into attack mode. And Willow yeah. handled it really well. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, we saw her. It was painful. It was painful for her to be faced with any kind of reality. The reality of her daughter, the reality of her own actions, of her own choices. And she works very, very hard to protect herself from that. Mm -hmm. So I am very much looking forward to what's, like, in store. Me too. Like, speaking of, like, parallels. Mm-hmm. Did they not ooze out of the Sunny Victor scenes? Like, are you the same person? <laughs> like, that was amazing. Like, even but even their lines to each other. It was like, does anybody in your family talk to you? And Victor's like, well, does anybody in your family talk to you? And they're like, okay, let's call it even. <laughs> and, th and then I loved it when Sunny was like, oh, like you would let your like your family go down for your crimes. He's like, oh, right, for you, it's only your friends and colleagues. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was so good. It was. I like them together. But I do have to give a creep star early to Victor when he was uh, putting sunscreen on Lucy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I Like, honestly, Victor, you badgered her. She's She said no 20 different ways. You badgered her into going out with you. And then you tell her, you better not be wasting my time. And I'm like, what? I know, you? right? So confusing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did we cover all the things? Did we talk about all the stuff? I think we did, but if we didn't, let's just say we did. That sounds fantastic. Um, do you have any stars to give out or favorite lines? Stars, my gosh. Nell and Nina, they did an yes. excellent, excellent job. Like, it was so cool um, getting to have that moment. Definitely stars to, like, Spencer and Trina. You? Oh, my gosh. Of course, I have to give a star to my Trina-Ava combo. They're right. Awesome. And just 
you already gave a star to Tweed and Spencer, but I feel like they need like double stars, 10 stars. I don't know. It was outstanding and I loved all of it. I also want to give a star to you, uh, Cam for his performance. Oh yeah. And Sasha. Oh my God, Sasha. Next level, Sasha. Holy Toledo. Okay. Do you have any favorite lines? Yes. So Spencer and Cam, when he says, this is your first non-stupid idea you've had all year love (laughs) another one it was like homage to the og spencer when he's talking to his dad and says as the townies might say down damn straight so the fact that he said townies i love that yes i highlighted it too um a cute exchange between mac and maxi so max says something to her about like you know that Maxie was enough for him, like, as a, as a child to raise. And she says, I'm sure most of the time I was too much. It was something like that. It was super cute. And that's, <laughs> and that's it. So my favorite lines are, there's, there's a moment between TJ and Stella. And uh, she's being, you know, a great aunt. And she's like, oh, you need to eat more. And she's like, wait a second. Is Molly cooking for you? Oh, I forgot you're a modern couple who feeds yourselves. <laughs> yeah. That's very cute. And when uh, Felicia was doing the whole unveiling to Maxie about the whole like Cody Mac possibility and explaining the history of Mac dating uh, Dominique and who her husband was, Maxie's like, was he like Peter horrible or like run of the mill horrible? No, but he was Peter horrible. She totally should have said that. Right. So I was like, okay, but great line. Love that. She can joke about it at this point in time. And there was a cute little, like, you know, back and forth between Britt and Cody that we talked about. And he's like, why did you give me an alibi? And she's like, well, I only give alibis on a third date. And she, like, giggles. And then he's like, you were going to miss me at least for several minutes, I think. <laughs> they, were, they were pretty cute. I admit it. So cute. And another Felicia moment where her and Mac are talking. And Felicia's like, look, I can't stop Maxie from collecting DNA samples from the both of you and Cody and running them to the lab. I know. I'm like, how do you not know that's exactly what's about to happen? Okay, very last one, I promise. <laughs> uh, that whole scene in the holding, like, where Spencer was, like, waiting to be picked up, and Nicholas was there, and Victor was there, and it's very heated, and there's lots going on. And <laughs> Victor's like, stop it right now. I know we're playing on a bit of a sticky wicket right now, but it's stuff I can fix. And Nicholas is like, you called this situation a sticky wicket? <laughs> I know they were I mean I don't know the cast and I are kind of super enjoyable they are because they're so evil but yet so funny Funny. very like I love their chemistry together like it's awesome so there's all of my lines holy Toledo that's a wrap have a fantastic weekend everybody Bye. bye